What's up, boys and girls? Thank you for tuning in to the Josh Belcher Experience. I'm your host, Josh Belcher. Remember, this podcast is unique, just like all the other ones you listen to. The only thing that truly sets us apart is your host has an ADHD-driven mind, followed by a splash of bipolar tendencies. Now sit back, relax, hold on to your seats, and let's get this party started. Just had a stimulating and fun-filled interview with Lana Turner, the hilarious stand-up comedian, singer-songwriter, about her new documentary about her ex-husband called What's Eating, Ralphie May, which makes its debut at the Nashville Film Festival, October 7th. Check out all Lana Turner's social medias and website and Nashville Film Festival's website for all the information and further details. That interview's coming up right now. Okay, so Lana Turner, very excited to talk to you. Congratulations, Red in the Nashville scene. Uh, new documentary. It's going to be out on my birthday. It's, what, October 7th and 8th uh, at the Nashville Film Festival. Uh, you know, very excited about this. Could you could you tell us a little bit about it, please? Sure. It's on your birthday? Um, is it the 7th? The 8th is my birthday. I thought it said 7th yes. and 8th. That's what I was reading. Are you, is yours it on the is. 7th? Okay. It's both. It premieres on the 7th, and there's also a screening on your birthday on the 8th. So. I shouldn't have any more birthdays as I'm getting to become an old man, but still, I was very excited. I was like, all right, it's going to be on the 8th. It's too cool. Oh, <laughs> I know birthdays <laughs> get tough as you get older. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, it's crazy and exciting that we're premiering in Nashville. And I just, it's actually, the date on, to which is it's happening is actually incredibly sad because really? it's also the two-year anniversary of Ralphie's oh passing. Gosh. That's heartbreaking. So, I did not know that. No, well, I wouldn't expect you to put that together, but it was yeah. just, it wasn't planned, um, but he passed on the 6th, and oh, wow. so the festival has it premiering on the 7th, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's actually really, really great. I think it's beautiful on some level, you know, because, I mean, mm-hmm. he left us with this crazy story it's really sad but it's also hopefully something that'll help other people yeah and I've been saying that a lot because you know I mean Ralphie Ralphie's hilarious and he mm-hmm. left um a lot of comedy he had nine one-hour specials that are still online and available and mm-hmm. in the documentary footage that was shot there's going to be another one-hour special of footage that didn't make it into the doc but oh, wow. But the documentary itself is very different than what I think people will be expecting because it's an actual film about his one of the last years of his life, and uh, and it's it's sad. Like when you um, like when a comedian or some sort of celebrity passes away, you'll get to watch a bio doc, which is a film that kind of traces their life through the eyes of those around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you do a lot of footage that you find, you know, like we'll weave together footage. That's not what this is. This is an actual documentary. Ralphie agreed to it, wanted to be in it, willingly shot it, owned the footage with me because I mean, we, we we did it together. Uh-huh. Um, it wasn't supposed to be about me. It wasn't supposed to be about our kids. It was supposed to be about him losing weight. Yeah. And uh, And like any good documentary, 
doesn't end where you think it will. Um, unfortunately, this didn't end anywhere near where I wanted it to. Yeah. Um, we kind of know how it ends. <laughs> sure. But, um, but, yeah, it's a really, really, um, it's very yeah. visceral, the story, yeah. Yeah, just a sad tale. And, like, you know, and, and kudos to you for, you know, for, for being there for him. I understood, you know, I watched you on a couple of other interviews and stuff that there towards the end of your life, it was pretty much the relationship was null and void or he left or something, if I'm not mistaken, right? Or what was the deal with that? Yeah, um, well, it's a, that's a long conversation. Um, but kind of summing it up, um, he left me um, and the marriage as the documentary closed the filming. Um which was so sad for for us all, but mm-hmm. yeah, the last but but after you know divorce is a terrible thing, um, yeah. especially when you're dealing with a man who was as sick as Ralphie. I mean, Ralphie was an addict, mm-hmm. um, and he had people around him who helped him. Not, I mean, here's the thing: addiction is one of those things that's like super complicated because there's all these different people that play a role in it and a guy like Ralph who had like a lot of money and fame yeah he had a lot of like unusual amounts of support so mm-hmm. um we filed for divorce and I didn't really have much of an like I couldn't I'm sorry <laughs> I it's a hard thing yeah. to talk about but he he wasn't the same person the last year and a half two years of his life yeah. at all I understand and I, like I said I'm really excited to see it and and kudos to you for loving him because one thing I've always liked is that um, you are hilarious in your own right. I know we're talking about Ralphie May, but I've, I've, you know, I've had an opportunity to see you perform. I've watched your shows. You are a very funny lady, and you seem like you were just very supportive of him. And good job for a, you know, you're a thin, attractive woman liking a big guy. Me being a bigger guy, that gives us hope that eventually <laughs> maybe I can find a lady like that one day. And uh, you know, oh, that's you. So sweet. And you just, you don't ever give enough credit. You know, I, I see you when you talk about giving enough credit to yourself, but, I mean, you were hilarious. I mean, you do the uh, singer-songwriting comedy and, and, you know, living here in Nashville as I do. I mean, that takes a lot of talent. I mean, you know, you, you've got you've got it going on. I mean, it's a lot different uh, writing a song than just doing regular stand-up. So, you know, kudos to you. I don't think when you interview, you give yourself enough credit, but, I mean, you could only, you know, do so much. And, you know, like right now, you're, you're raising kids, you know, pretty much no support. I mean, do you do you have family support? Or is it pretty much just you now? Well, I'm going to – there's a lot of things you said there. Um, well, thank <laughs> you. Thank you so much. That means that, the world to me. I am a really, really funny comedian. Like, yeah. that's one thing I know is that when I show up in a club, like, I've been doing stand-up for 20 years. So, I'm, I mean, I'm really good. But I yeah. always took a I, – I willingly – took a back seat professionally mm-hmm. for my entire career so far because I didn't, I mean, I loved Ralphie being in the forefront. I loved to see him. He loved to be famous. He loved that. He loved it. And yeah. I love, I still love performing, but I don't, I've never felt the need to be famous for it. I just love performing. And, yeah. um, and then, we had children, which as a female in comedy is a blessing. So I was able to have kids and do stand up and it was a good ride for me for a long time. Now I I want to be able to play big rooms and, and make decent living. So I, I want people to know how good I am so they'll come and see me. Yeah. <laughs> so I really appreciate that. 
Yeah, I can vouch. Uh, my ADD got the best of me. Sometimes it's like my brain wants to shovel it all out before the film oh, is no, like, hey, no, we can, stop. <laughs> I'm the same way. We can cover it all. Um, yeah. <laughs> so when it comes, I have had the support of so many people. I mean, like, I, you're right. It hasn't been easy. Um, I mean, when Ralphie passed, this is going to blow your mind, but there was like, I don't remember the exact number. It was like $286 dollars and something cents in his bank account. He wow. had no money. Are you his, talking about total? Total. His, oh my gosh. His, his business his Nashville based business management group. Yeah. Um rhymes with Creighton. Um mm-hmm. they actually took money out of his account after he died and paid themselves. I mean like and these people there were people there just like I it's fun for me to come back to Nashville because I can like share the stories. It's crazy. Like his divorce yeah. attorney charged him to die like the last bill I had to pay for him on behalf of for her on behalf of him was on October 6th she charged him on the day he passed and there's nothing else he didn't call her so you know I mean these people like literally so so the but the but the swing of the pendulum to the other side of that is Mm -hmm. that I had angels literally like come out of the woodwork like people my family but strangers, the people that I didn't even know very well, um, just unbelievable how many people have helped. And my kids are thriving, and I'm thriving. And it's hard now to do this film, but yeah. I feel really, really, really blessed. Because, um, yeah, and, I, and I'm still doing comedy, which I, I, it's funny because I'm like, when he passed, I was like, what am I going to do? I, I don't even know how to how to make a living anymore and like I mean it's been you know we were together I was for 17 years so but I looked at my skill set and I was like all I know how to do is tell a great dick joke like (laughs) how do I do this in any other field (laughs) and you're you're great and they're always funny uh speaking of which I mean the the next comedy show and I was going to plug it uh, was Flapper Flapper's Comedy Club in Burbank the 23rd of September yeah, but you know what? I'm gonna have a show in Nashville. Um, Yay! Oh God! But I've got to find I got to find a date because I wasn't prepared. Um, it's after the festival, so I like I think it's like November or something. But I'll find it while we're talking because I got to pull up my computer. But Very cool. I'm doing yeah. a couple of dates. Um, so I come in for the for the festival, and then I've been I've been getting a lot of bookings um on these bar shows. So like I'll go to these local breweries. Um, right this brewery comedy tour booked by this guy, Ron, um, who's out in New York, and he's been so good to me, and um, I'm going to be coming back. So, like, I've noticed, what I've noticed and I'm super excited about is in Nashville, there's a lot of new places to do comedy. Yeah. Right? Like, there's I like noticed third, online. Third Coast is a new one. That's the one that came to the top of my head, but I don't know exactly what they're I know they do a lot of sketch. I don't know if they do stand up, but I mean, you know, I think anything. they do stand up. Because when yeah. I was looking to come to Nashville, I was looking at some of the different places that might be interested in the documentary, and I, I found that, and I was like, oh my gosh, there's some really good-looking little spots that are coming up. Yeah, so, for sure. Right on. Yeah, so well, um, I was gonna say I'm gonna be in uh, Clarksville on the 16th of November. And then the 17th of November in Nashville. So I don't know. That's exciting. Yeah. You can, yeah. 
I'm going to come take it all in. Um, well, I was going to say, I remember, like, uh, last time I talked to you, you guys lived in Nashville for a spell, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we lived in 12 South. We had a house there. Right on. Very, very cool. So uh, now just, what are you in L.A., back and forth? Or? Well, we used to. So, yeah. um, you know, one of the beautiful things about premiering the documentary in Nashville is that Ralphie loved Nashville. Like, he was yes, born he in did. Chattanooga. He used to say, he used to say, I was born in Chattanooga, raised in, I was born in Chattanooga, raised in Arkansas. I'm so Southern, I'm my own cousin. That's what he used to say. <laughs> so yeah. he loves living in Nashville and in Tennessee. And so I think it's a really special thing because um, I believe the theater that's playing the movie is the one off of Thompson Road right there. And that was almost, I mean, it was like literally five minutes from our house. That's so, awesome. Yeah, and, and- I love uh, so every comic I've ever talked to um, just said Ralphie would be the first one to show up to help a guy out or or a girl out. He he was always there for somebody. You know, you never hear anybody say a bad thing about him other than, you know, he had demons, which is, you know, it's an all too tragic tale. It seems like um, the funniest people on earth always have like some kind of inner demon going on with them. Yeah, I mean, I think the tragedy makes for comedy a lot. Yeah. I mean, Ralphie had a lot of problems. Um and so did I. I mean, the the sad thing about that film is that I got to watch myself over the course of that year and how, I mean, I I wouldn't give up on him. Like, I, to the point to where it was making me miserable. I just, you know, you can't help anyone else, but you have to help yourself first, you know? Um, and I, I learned that lesson through, it, it took me a long time to learn the lesson. I was under the belief that, you know, you that you you marry someone if they're sick. You're I made a vow through sickness and in health. Yeah. And I really believed in that. And I mean, that's that's part of the film. Like, as unhappy as I was in that situation, I I wouldn't leave him. Mm-hmm. But he was very sick. So yes, incredibly funny, um, but really yeah. troubled. Like he, the last seven years of our marriage, he was in and out of rehabs and hospitals eleven times. That is unbelievable. Um, yeah, and, you know, rehab is, I, honestly, rehab was so hard yeah. for, for us as a family. I mean, that was awful. He had a psychotic break, was in mm-hmm. the um, mandatory hold at Vanderbilt. Like, it, he had a lot of really hard times. And, I, and that's what I have to mm-hmm. say, though, I have to give him a lot of credit because he shared it. You know, he shared it on camera. and what a wonderful thing to do for people who are in a similar situation, you know, like he, whether you're a, have a codependency issue like myself or you are an addict, mm-hmm. the families suffer around that. And this film I think is really helpful. And, and I really want to, if I could thank Ralphie for one thing, I think he's going to help a lot of people at, um, at the screenings we've done. I've had people contact me afterwards and tell me that they're getting help. So they're stopping eating certain sugar products and things like that. And um, so I'm really optimistic that that's what's going to come. I, ho- I really hope so. Yeah, that's, you know, and, that, and that's all you can. Are you, uh, you know, coming with that, you know, and being so raw and truthful with this, do you think you'll get any backlash from anybody like uh, his friends or any fans or anything for, for, for being this oh, truthful? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got backlash from people for things I didn't do, like that I had nothing to do with. Um I mean, and so, yeah, I mean, 
I got sued after Ralphie passed um, by his quote-unquote friends. I mean, you gotta you got to know that if your friends are suing your wife after you pass, they're actually suing your children, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, yeah. So that's not your friend. No, so, I agree. So, like, his, he had a friend, a Nashville-based person, you're probably going to know who he is, who um, took him to the divorce attorney, um, and then the next day became his manager. And this person literally, like, made, I mean, we just settled probate. He, he tried to sue the estate for, like, $140,000, this guy. And then he ended up um, um, walking with, like, nine nine grand. But that's nine uh-huh. grand he took out of his out of Ralphie's children, like that's and it, yeah. and the thing and this and they ran his friends ran all these like benefit shows and these benefit shows didn't benefit Ralphie's children. Like I never saw the kids never saw any money from the benefit shows. So it's just you know those people are the ones that are going to probably have things to say. But some of them are in the documentary. All right, isn't on. that crazy? Well, yeah, they're actually in the film, and yeah, that's where things. Um, might get interesting too, but they can't do anything about it. They're, it's all legally checked and yeah. you know, per- permitted. And so. well, I was just the reason I brought that up is because you know I was listening about some people talking about Ralph today while I was driving, and you know a couple of comedians were were saying you know about you, which is it's nothing you haven't heard that oh she's just in this for the money and everything. And I thought to myself, I, I met you before, you know, any of this was an issue, and you don't strike me as that type of lady. I mean, you just strike me as a loving, devoted wife and a mother who's just, you know, trying to do this for the benefit of, you know, future people to come. So I just, I wanted to get that out in the open because I, I just, well, I vouch for you. I'm so yeah. glad. No, no, I'm so glad you said that because, you know, it takes courage to say that to me, you know, because, like, you might think, oh, my gosh, I'll upset her. Here's the real, um, anybody who says that, I uh-huh. feel like they're just really hateful towards Ralphie because of what you said before. Like, you know, I was with a man who physically was not somebody that you would think I would be with, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I met Ralphie, he was 800 pounds. What those people probably have have forgotten is that Ralphie was also incredibly broke when I met him. And we were together for seven years before he got on Last Comic Standing. During those seven years, Ralphie was 800 pounds. Yeah. And he didn't have a dime. We lived off Crenshaw in L.A. in this little apartment where there was gunfire across the street all the time, drugs. and like, It was a terrible neighborhood. And we lived there. We also, when I first moved to L.A., lived with him, him and I together in a 400-square-foot studio apartment. So if somebody thinks that I got with Ralphie because I thought I was going to be rich one day, they're crazy. And it's just, like I said, I think it's a testament to how shallow they are. Because yeah. they have to look at me and assume that I'd only have been with Ralphie for the finance. And, I mean, I loved my husband. I loved him very much. But at the end of his life, he wasn't nice to me. Um, yeah. And he did not leave his children taken care of. So I'm doing the best I can to take care of them. But this is not a film that I would, um, that I want it to release either fully because it's a really sad story. And I'm actually concerned about telling being able to do comedy as much as you know i i mean it's it's a sad film <laughs> yeah no i agree i just i wanted to bring that up not not for the sake of drama or, or trying to get any feelings mixed i was just saying more than anything that 
that I was on your side. Like I said, I've met you before, and you've been consistent as far as how nice you are to people, and you don't strike me as that type of lady. So what I was basically saying is that I, I didn't feel that way, but when I heard it, I just wanted to clear the air on my end. Not that I have any clout. But no, thank I, you. No, yeah, no, it's just, totally yeah. cool. And you know what? Um, they'll watch the movie, and they can make their own decisions, you know? And um, and I the, the, cool, the crazy thing, too, is anybody who watches the film, they might want to say, well, she edited the story to be like that or whatever. And the other interesting fact about this film is that Kat Reinhardt, who was hired to shoot the film, uh-huh. she edited the film. And oh. when and when we started the process, I bowed out of the edit, completely had to be hands off because I'm a subject. So she fought very, very, very vigilant. Like she did not let anybody hardly at all come in on this edit. And uh, and she witnessed the story, so I can't even. They can't even say, "Oh, well, she just one. She just wants money." No, I was with Ralphie seven years. We were broke as balls. And two, they can't say, "Oh, well, she just made the story because she wanted to." No, I don't look perfect in it, and I didn't edit it. Like I had no. I gave up all control of the edit. So, you know, they can they can believe that though. And there's you know at the end of the day. It doesn't. It doesn't ma- matter really. People, are, you know, it, I always love Joan Rivers. One of the things that bums me out is that I never got to meet her because I loved her so much. And um, you know that there were people that accused Joan Rivers of killing her husband. Did you ever hear that? Cause he committed suicide. I I had not heard that. I obviously know who Joan Rivers is, but never heard that portion. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear your story if you're going to tell me. So, <laughs> so she used to say people used to. They accused her of killing her husband who committed suicide, apparently. I, I don't know a lot of details about the story. But what I loved about her was that she, nobody – whatever happened to those people, nobody knows. Like, nobody remembers the people who said the horrible things about Joan. Like, not, I'm not comparing myself to Joan Rivers, but what yeah. I'm saying is that, like, she, these people are going to say horrible things. She's still Joan Rivers, and she didn't kill her husband. And people who say those – like heinous things about another human being, they probably have major problems themselves. Sure. And, and I agree. Like I said, I, you know, I try to live and it's hard because I am a human, but I try to live in, you know, I haven't been in their shoes. I don't know what's going on. All I know is that you were, you were kind to me and, and I really, I really, you know, respect and, and think you're a fantastic comedian in your own right. I thought your husband Thank was you. too. And it just, when I found out about this documentary, I just thought, oh man, this is going to be great because it's going to be, you know, for me, it's kind of like a glimpse into a life of somebody I admired to say, hey, you know, maybe to some degree they are a little like me. Maybe, you know, the fact I'm not the only person like because I'm an overeater. You know, maybe I'm not the only one. It might it might help me in my journey, you know, like trying to work out or exercise in my own right, you know. So I am very, very informed um, about medical issues with weight gain and everything. And uh-huh. actually, that's something I really want to I really want to help people. Um, yeah. and, and there's, there's, so right now what I love is that there's so much body positivity in our culture right now where people are really accepting of people who are overweight. I, I really feel that way right now that there's sort of been like this pendulum swing where there's a lot of like larger size models and people are, you know, are really celebrating their bodies for yeah. what, what they are. Um, but the other side of that is that the reality is, is is you have extra weight on your body, it will kill you. And the reason why people have extra weight on their body is because 
food is addictive and the way we're being fed and what and the, the sugar content in our foods, the sugar, salt, and fat content is, is not, it's not sustainable for people. So, um, so I really, like, I hope this film helps people see like addiction is, it, it's real and food addiction is a terrible, terrible problem. Yeah, no, no, 100%. I agree. Cause you know, I'm the type that if if I get stressed or something, you know, for some people, how it'd be like drugs or something. What's my first comfort? I'm in the refrigerator digging for something, you know? And, and like oh, you yeah. said, it, it, it's a slow killer. Sometimes it's quicker, but you know, eventually if you keep eating, you know, reaching for the cake or the sweets or whatever, your, uh, you know, your pancreas or whatever is going to go, you know, it's time to, you know, kind of call it quit. Yeah, no, it's, um, I mean, every everybody knows this about like we all know. Okay, you need to eat healthy, you need to exercise. But I don't know that the conversation about addiction and what it means. You get the same endorphin rush when you get a food fix as somebody who does a heroin hit. Like the the brain responds in a very similar way. Wow, that's a really hard thing to fight against. Yeah. Um, so like any other addict. It becomes a question of the only person who can change is you. The only way you can get out of that is to make the choice. Um, Ralphie chose, and, and he was very sick, but he made choices in his life that were really hard to watch, um, both then and now when I see the film. But also on my side, I, I was very much part of that. Like I have to take responsibility for the fact that I have some pretty strong codependency issues and so I needed to change. I needed to figure out who I was in that relationship and what wasn't healthy for me either. And so there's, it's a whole domino effect. That's why yeah. it's hard for me to be super pissed off at the people who were in his life at the end because they were also playing roles from their own lives. Like his assistant, like this guy, I loved him so much and he just really, really, like went down a dark road with Ralphie and I believe it's because he grew up with a very, very sick mother. I knew him well enough to know what he was dealing with from his own childhood. And so he was just playing those roles out again in adulthood and uh, breaking that cycle. I I have to break that cycle for my children and for myself. And it's, it's tough, man. Yeah. But it's important. If we don't talk about it, then we really don't get anywhere. So I, I think the conversation is really important. Maybe you'll come see the film and maybe that'll help be a catalyst for, you know, even if you change one thing in your in your life, and it extends your 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 time on the planet or whatever, it's it's awesome, you know. Yeah, like I said, I you know I work you know I told you a couple of weeks ago maybe through text and everything, but um you know I work part time at Planet Fitness because what I like so much about it it's a judgment free zone, people of all body shapes and everything, and I'm not plugging them, I don't get endorsed by them. But, you know, you can come out, you know, any shape and size and work out and not feel judged or everything. But my my uh, motivation for going to the gym, even if I don't feel like it is, um, I leave my uh, I leave my house keys there. Like, I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't get home and get in the door. Like, it's like I'm almost obligated after because, I mean, I work two jobs. But, I mean, my day job is like, well, I, I go in the morning before I head in and I'll, I'll sit them in the office cause I'm like, well, I can't get home without them. So I'm already there. And then bam, just, you know, do my quick run or my quick, whatever. That's so smart. That is yeah. such a great idea. How, how long have you been doing that? 
Um, I've been doing that a, a couple of months now. I did my first 5K. I did the Titans run. Uh, I, I, I got up, yeah, I got up to the comfortably in the 300s, like 310, and I was like, I got to get away from that. I'm, I'm in the 280s now, but I'm trying to get back down to 250. It's going to take a while, but you know, just a little chip at a time. <laughs> so I, um, I had this conversation with someone the other day. You, did you ever? There was a the body exhibit that. Um, you, I don't know if you've ever seen that. They have it in Vegas and travels around the world of um, of bodies that were like mummified, not mummified. It's like a mummification process called like plastic process. Oh, okay. Um, where they show, and you can learn a lot medically about the body. And one of the exhibits I saw, they they showed the vascular structure of a pound of fat. And wow. so for every pound of fat that you put, I, I thought this was fascinating. Every pound of fat, requires about a mile of vascular structures to support it. And there was so like every little blood vessel that feeds the fat, that, that pound of fat, you've seen how big a pound of fat is. Yes. If you stretched out the vascular structure that is supporting that, it's a mile. Wow. So in other words, every time your heart has to pump through your body, this is how I understand it anyways. So if you're like 10 pounds overweight, your heart has to pump 10 miles of blood through that vascular structure. Your heart has to keep up to support that fat. Yeah. And so that's why, I mean, Ralphie's heart gave out and it was, he was most of his life, he was hundreds of pounds overweight. Like every time his heart pumped, it went from LA to Vegas. Yeah. Wow. And so, so what you're doing by, by going to the gym and, and exercising and watching your diet, it's going to take you a lot of time for your body to, take away like your body to work really hard to build that all that structure to support that fat and you yeah. want, your body wants you to be fat it's not normal to be it's a luxury in our world to be able to be fat this is the first time in all of human history that people could be like having a pro it's, it's amazing we have a problem with overabundance as yeah. you know as an animal like that's awesome right yeah <laughs> so but like, can you imagine, so, like, your body, like, humans are are supposed to starve and, and suffer for fat. So, like, you put that fat on your body, your body's celebrating that and wants to keep it because there's a famine coming, right? So, <laughs> yeah. so that's why it's so hard to lose it, but you can lose it eventually and, and you can keep it off. It's just, it's hard. It's a lot yeah. of work. My, you're doing great. Yeah, thank you. My blessing was is, is uh, calorie counting on the app, you know. You know, thank thank God for that for the the phone telling me, hey, you know, you're you're you got 300 calories left. You need to slow it down, you know, or something like that. The, those apps are really good. You know, what's what's really good is that you've made the choice and your discipline, and and it's your choice. Like you decided that you're going to change, and and sometimes people go back and forth a little bit. Like you you got to forgive yourself and get yeah. through it because like there's this um, woman, Marissa Pierce who has been, um, I'm actually taking her course in a couple months. She's a therapist from, um, from London, and she has a bracelet. She actually gave it to me, and it says, I am enough on it. And it's just knowing that you are, like, good. I, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh darn it. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're good. <laughs> so I, I'm really happy to hear all that from, from you. I hope you'll come and see the film. I'm I'm going to try my best. I've already put in for for press credentials. If not, maybe I can. Uh, you know, I I don't know how how they go about doing it, but I'm really am pumped to to be a part of it. And uh, oh, like I said, yeah, I'll make sure. I, you 
if, if you have problems getting in there, you just let me know. We'll figure that out for you. Uh, yeah, sure I, I know. Lana, I know Lana Turner. Okay, so let me. Go <laughs> <to the front. laughs> you know the you know yeah. the people in the film. <laughs> That's it. But anyway, you know, kudos to you for being so brave and everything. And like I said, I just wanted you to know that you know you you have supported Ralphie forever, and, and you talk highly of him. But you're you're an amazing comic in your own right. You're awesome, and uh, you know, just just good for you being you. And uh, you know, it takes a lot of courage. And I'm really looking forward to diving into this whether i get to see it there or, or, or dvd or netflix or wherever it's going so you'll get to see it. it will eventually come out on on some form of streaming platform so like yeah if you miss the you miss the actual screening well for everyone listening who might not be able to make it to the screen that's just their first opportunity to see it in the theater but it will eventually we haven't found a home for it yet but that that will be next and so right. yeah, and we can talk about it when it comes out that way, so people can pay attention. And also, I'd encourage everyone to follow social media, and yeah. you can check out how funny I am because I have a one-hour special on Amazon right. and Tubi TV. So, yeah. um, so you guys can find me there, and then of course you can follow my social media if you want to just catch up with what's coming with the film. That's also going to be on Ralphie's social media, which is still being run by another one of my angels, Guy Jeremy, uh, who's just like awesome. So yeah. So that's cool. Hey, thank you so much for talking to me. I know I told you 15 minutes. We've been on the phone for a little bit longer, but I really appreciate your time and you're so sweet and kind. And 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 I hope I hope it carries the the movie, the documentary carries wherever you want it to. And I hope it touches a lot of lives and and, and goes for the good. I know it's going to be fantastic. Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks. Really excited about my next interview with Kaz, lead vocalist of the rock group Red Light King. Got a new breakout hit called Lift the Curse, which is taking Red Light King to the next level. You can listen to it online wherever music is available. It's going to be a part of their brand new album Moonshine, which is dropping sometime in October. Uh, We talked to Kaz about the process of making the new album. The song Lift the Curse, that's coming up here next. Like uh, Cass, first of all, thanks for taking the time uh, re- to talk to about Red Light King's brand new uh, music. Uh, the song "Lift the Curse" uh, is freaking amazing, dude. Love listening to it today off the new album Moonshine. Um, what was the inspiration be- behind that? That's just a soulful kind of bluesy yeah. rock mixture. Just loving it, just digging the tune. Oh, thanks so much, man. Thanks for having me, and uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's a pleasure to talk about our new project. Um, yeah, Lift the Curse is the first single off of Moonshine. It's um it it was a pretty easy decision because it it's it's a it's one of those songs it's 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 short and punchy. It's got a, a you know, a traditional style uh vintage rock riff underneath it and the inspiration of that came from like early seventies rock, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, early A T D C style records. Um it it's uh the inspiration behind Lift the Curse is that throughout my career and my life, um, through the ups and downs and having to, you know, make something from nothing and, and sort of uh, always make it on my own, um, it's about it, it's kind of the underlining theme there is like, give me a break. When 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 can I catch a break? And 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 the other thing is that look, you know, here. And I could use some support, some passion, some yeah. some some love. Some love, that's right. You know, you know what I mean? And and I also think that on a 
bigger scale, you know, as I started to dig into that and make it about me, I said, you know, wait, wait a second. I'm looking at what's going on in the world today, and I think we all need it. I think it's like, you know, our, our between, you know, the shootings and uh, and the poverty that's going on in our own country and the things that are happening overseas. And, the, you know, my friend was playing at the Eagles of Death Metal show in, in France where it got shot up, and it was just like, you know, love come lift the curse for you know the the evils and the uh miscommunication and the uh the uh, the the bad things that are happening on our planet so that you know that was that was the inspiration behind behind the the, the meaning of the song yeah and uh and all that man that is fantastic because you're absolutely right i mean that's what we need i mean everybody just needs to be kind to each other i mean what does it hurt i mean it it takes the yeah. same amount of time to be nice to somebody as it does to be rude to them or just have negative thoughts towards them. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more, man. But uh, uh, like I said uh, a little bit earlier uh, before uh, we started recording is that um, pound for pound, um, uh, Moonshine is probably the best album I've heard this year, man. Just I, I enjoyed every bit of it from beginning to that's, end. That's an honor. Yeah, and, thank uh, you so much, man. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that, you know, because, you, you know, you – you put something out there, you put your heart and soul into it. You don't, you don't know what people are going to take from it or how they're going to receive it or, or how much time they're going to spend with it. And, and as a musician, as an artist, that's really, that's really all I can ask for is for people to give it an honest listen, you know, and, and if you're feeling it right off the hop, then, then that's, then that's amazing to me, you know, and that, that, that's inspiring to me to make me want to go and work harder to get the message out and, and, and perform live. Well, like I said, I just, uh, you know, listened to it because, you know, you guys had a knack for, for writing catchy tunes, you know, uh, sure. you, know the, uh, you know, from your past and everything, you know, bullet in your hand, all that. Um, yeah. Uh, but um, when I put this on, I was just like, and you got to think, I'm a guy, I have ADD, which is most of the people my age do and younger, and yep. my attention span is quick. But like right. once, once you know, I turn it on and I'm listening to Lift the Curse, it starts marinating, you get that guitar riff. You know the soulful singing, you know the drums, the bass, and everything. I was like, I'm, I'm hooked, man. I'm stuck. There's an adventure, <laughs> and the album you just ride through it till the very end. It's like something that everybody's craving. We don't have anymore. It's, 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 it's pure music in its rawest form. It's got that blues rock mix, like a psychedelic '70s adventure. And I think this is gonna be killer on vinyl, dude. This, this is an dude, album. That, this, man, yeah. you're nailing it, dude. You're, you're, you're. That's exactly what we were going for. And yeah. And it's definitely going to be on vinyl. We've got the order in right now. The, the cover is incredible. It's going to be a really, really special cover. It was painted in the early 70s by a famous uh, painter, Bruce Pennington. And, uh-huh. uh, and uh, he was a psychedelic uh, painter. He did lots of uh, covers uh, for books and, and that. And uh, he was a very well-known guy. We received permission to use one of his shots that he hasn't used before and. uh I'm I'm excited, man. The flow is exactly what we were going for: continuity, and all of those things. Where late '60s, early '70s influence, but still modern, with my touch, my lyric. You know, still has storytelling, but then there's some fun songs that are you know about relationships and and or just out there, you know, being human and the human condition. So, I think. Um, I think you're picking up what we're laying down, man, and, I, and I'm, that makes me excited. Yeah, uh, like I said, being from, uh, you know, Music City, uh, Nashville, being a musician myself, uh, having a podcast, just loving music, 
I listen to a lot, and I try to keep an open heart and, and an open mind. But every once in a while, you'll get a treat, and you'll be like, "Oh man, this is the album!" I, I mean, you guys just did it. I don't know how you did it, but you, you got lightning in the bottle. As they call <laughs> 20, it down south. twenty years, twenty years of, of right music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and playing thousands of shows is, is how is, is I think how we how we did it. But then there is always a little bit of luck and a little I bit, hear you. a little bit of. God and his uh, and the and the musicians, God spraying some sprinkling some sprinkling some love down there from from somewhere. So that's yeah. it. So October twenty fifth is the is the release date though for the album, right? I think it's getting pushed back. Oh, is it? Well, because Lift the Curse started getting some radio play, and then that pushed our second single back, and now that's pushing the album back, and that's a good problem to have. And yeah. the reason we're on an independent label is so that we can do things organically and push dates around and, and you know, do things that we really want to do and, and be involved with people that we really want to be involved with, you yeah. know, and use our resources and our time and a collective thought that, you know, makes sense with the project. So, yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm stoked to be on an indie label and, and, I'm, and I'm stoked to be able to push those dates around a lot and, and you know, um, I don't think we did an original uh, 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 official press release, so it's not like we're stepping on anybody's toes. So, but we w- we will have an official date probably within the next three weeks. That, I don't know, that, yeah, it'll be somewhere around there, you know, maybe. I got you. Yeah, but that's still that's still good. Like you said, uh, you know, are you guys touring right now, or what's going on as far as that? Yeah, like, yeah, we leave on Saturday for a West Coast run. We start in Vegas, and then we're going up the coast. We uh, we we're going to. All through the California, so you know Sacramento, Fresno, all that stuff, and then going up up uh, to Idaho, Bo- Boise, and we got like three shows in Idaho, and then uh, Portland and Washington, and then back down. You know, I think it's ten ten shows in, in two weeks. Yeah, right it's on. Just a, it's just a short run to just kind of play the new stuff and see how we're feeling. I got you, and you know, you wouldn't think it, but Idaho is one of the most beautiful places on earth so good and the people are so good and you know what in boise they show up man and they rock out you know and they're so supportive so i i yeah you wouldn't think it but yeah great place great place they're, to play. they're totally grateful for music you know because like you said they're they're one of those i guess you call it a flyover state but i mean they they've got it going on i mean it's beautiful natural country so absolutely so is tennessee though let me tell you i, I used to bring my panhead on uh on tour with us yeah in the trailer and I, I you know what one of my favorite places to ride Tennessee and North Carolina. Yes. Gatlinburg area, Cherokee, North Carolina area. Oh heck yeah. 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 It's it's some great it's some great uh, area to, to check some things good, out. Um, good ride. Yep. Uh I had uh let's see, I had one more question for you and then like I said, I appreciate your time. Oh yeah, uh uh in is are you guys gonna be in Middle Tennessee anytime soon, Nashville area or anywhere close? We're doing. We're planning a national tour right now. We're trying to partner up with some cool bands. We're trying to figure out what's going on. It's going to be early next year. Right. On. We're gonna. We're only gonna do one-offs because by the time the album drops, I think it's gonna be November, and everyone starts to shut down at Christmas. Everybody's spending time with their families and putting their money into that, and that's great. And so, you know, we kind of just get quiet, and oh, you know, it's not the most fun touring in in the winter anyway so yeah true. you know I'm, I'm okay with it but um yeah um, de- definitely dude of course we've always done really well there you know we've played all throughout Tennessee and uh and 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 in that part of south so 
And uh, one more note on, on the album, like I said, uh, without giving too much away, but um, uh, some of these songs uh, are, are soundtrack worthy. Like I, I visualize them being in movies. I just think. Uh, oh, that would be amazing. Uh, yeah. I think somebody's going to pick them up. I mean, I, I can just see them. Uh, they would just compliment, you know, like, uh, yeah, action packed movies, stuff like that. Well, there's a song, there's a sweet, soulful song on there, Something to Die For. Yeah. And I think that could be in a, in a movie. I, I always pictured I when I even wrote it, it was very, it was about my dad passing away. And I, I just remember it was just like, it's a very emotional song. I think it could go in a certain dramatic uh, scene or something like that. I was, it's a very visual song. And then, yeah, some of the, the more upbeat rocking ones, um, until you're dead. Not, and then we got on the flip side of that's not dead yet. And so there's like, yeah, it all, the whole album t- tells a story. And, and I, and, uh, I mean, I've had we've had our songs in, in a bunch of movies and, and movie soundtracks, and it's always a thrill because I I think they they go so well together. Yeah, uh, something to die for. Actually, my and like I said, I didn't want to you know name it. That's actually my favorite one. Cool. Um, and uh, I I thought the new Batman movie would be perfect because if they have another origin scene where he lost his family, I was thinking that would be yeah. you know the guitar line and everything. Perfect. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? I have no clout, but <laughs> I <think laughs> darn. Oh, and, and while we were talking, my co-host, who's actually on the road himself, he's a player. Um, I was letting him listen to it. And he just sent me a text. He goes, "Man, every song is really damn good." The text just came through, dude. Yeah, thank you so much, man. I, you know, it was, we wanted to have, like I said, I wrote a lot of songs for this record, and you know, when it was came down to narrow it down, it didn't. I didn't want to. Any any filler on there? Every song was important. We we have been away for a while, so there was there's no excuse to not have a a great album through and through and yeah. give give our fans and our listeners you know something something yeah. that means. I, I can't I can't, ra- I can't wait to uh, dive into the record portion. But hey, my friend, uh, thank you so much for talking to me. Like highlight of my day for sure. Um, we thank get you. Edited and put it on the podcast, and uh, and like I said, I see nothing but big things, and uh, I think everybody's going to grab it toward it and it's going to be a it's going to be a big adventure for you with touring and, and the music and everything just great job all around it means a lot josh thanks thanks for your time man thanks for having me and you have a good one keep in touch yeah take care right. <laughs> had a quick chat with Bo and ben of the band steel talking about their new contribution to the country music cause their latest single Waiting on sunshine. Hey, hey what's up? Hey, friends, how you doing? Good, man. Hey, uh, thrilled to talk to you. Big, big fan of you guys. Glad to finally connect with you. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. Thanks for talking with us. You guys have a really uh, cool sound. I'm digging it. I, I like how you support the troops, and uh, and I can't wait to hear this new single, which is uh, get to talk to you about waiting on sunshine. Uh, dropping September 20th. If you could go into a little detail about that. I've seen the snippets you've got online and everything, but I uh, just want to learn a little more about it. Cool, man. Awesome. Uh, it was uh, it was actually inspired by Ben's dad. He told us a, a story one time about him going to Panama uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> Panama City and the, you know, age-old tale of finding love on vacation at the beach in the summertime. <laughs> I hear that. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it just inspired the whole thing, and we took off with it and uh we're pretty happy with it so that's what it's about yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's about finding love down there and um and reconnecting with a uh an, an, an old lost lost love i hear you we've we've all been there at least most of us have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And and kudos to you guys for having that strong fiddle there uh, right out of the gate in the lead part of that song. You don't hear that too much anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a new, you know, a new thing we tried out and we fell in love with it and uh, it made us real happy because, it, like you said, it's such a you know a traditional sound and we like yeah. keeping things kind of traditional and mixing it with our style. So it uh, worked no out pretty good. Yeah. No shame in that game, but like like I said, when you, we can throw it in there whenever you can, you're like, oh, that's that's a fresh new thing we haven't heard in a while. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, let's talk about. It. I saw you know a little bit that uh, this is going to be on your forthcoming album. Do you guys have an album in the works? Or is there any more details on that? Well, you know, right now we're uh, we've been we've been in the studio a lot here in Nashville lately, just working on a bunch of songs, and we uh, we definitely plan to put put a bunch of songs on a record. Um, we don't know when. We just know that uh, you know. Uh, based on these songs how they do and uh we're gonna i think we're gonna work on a couple more singles and we definitely have a full record in the uh in the sites right now we just don't know exactly when i hear you and i was talking to uh stacy she was telling me you know uh you're touring a lot got you're going every which direction which is a good way to be uh you guys been busy on the road yeah man we've been, oh, yeah, man. We've been <laughs> Feels like uh, feels like eight months. We've been there a year now. We've been on the road. We've been doing a military base tour uh, for our last single, "Sit a While." Um, yeah, great song did, by the way. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Um, at, you may have saw the music video. Totally dedicated to the military, and uh, it, uh, it's over two million streams on Spotify. And just uh, we, I think we've been to like twenty four or twenty five military bases, singing to. Uh, to our our entire military across the whole country and um doing doing wounded warrior project events and uh we got one coming up in Nashville on the twenty first. We're doing their five uh, K carry forward run. Man, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so so we def- we've been on the road yeah, for a long living. time, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you just make sure you leave the, the front door lock when you head out. Uh uh, on a lighter note, you know, with being September 11th coming up, and, and, and our servicemen and women, I know they're so grateful for the entertainment. But you know, good for you guys for taking your talent and just, uh, you know, uh, uh, bringing bringing joy to them because that that's just awesome. Because you know, you yeah. gotta take care of your own, and, and you guys are rocking out with that. Like I said, with the song and everything, just just kudos to y'all. Well, you know, that song kind of took on a life of its own when we released it, and uh, I think we're just as grateful for. Uh, the opportunity because it kind of showed us why we got into music in the first place, which was just the love of music and brotherhood and friendship and helping people. And yeah. it's helped yeah. us just as much as they say it's helped them, which is very good uh, feeling. Yeah. yeah. That's cool stuff, man. I, I like it. I always try to support the troops. I think it's great. You guys are doing it. Um, I, Another thing I was going to bring up, you guys, uh, one thing I think is really cool and, and, you know, from interviewing people, you guys sound the way you sing. Sometimes you, you talk to people and, and you hear their awesome. voices and you're wondering how it comes out, but it sounds like you guys don't have to strain to sing, and that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Is there any secret to that? Any, any special warm-ups or anything you guys got going on? <laughs> Grow up in the South. <laughs> I heard that. Yeah, that's me right here in Middle Tennessee. Yeah. Nice. That's right. Yeah, which is rare as hen teeth. You, you go to Franklin or Nashville and you tell them you're from Tennessee, you're the foreigner now almost. Yeah. <laughs> so, so true, man. Yeah. So true. All right, my dudes. Hey, well, like I said, I told her I wouldn't take up too much of your time. Thanks for talking about that new single. Uh- 
Yettysburg Address this week, Mr. Tim Banal. He is the news editor of Coast to Coast AM. He was a pioneering podcaster, Banal of America, uh, which discussed the paranormal. Well, he's coming to Nashville, Tennessee, October 19th for the Strange Realities Conference, which is presented by the Conspiranormal Podcast. I just caught up with him, talking about what's going to be going on and what he's going to be doing and lecturing on uh, when he gets to Nashville. It's coming up here next. Appreciate you taking the time, uh, Mr. Tim Banal, for uh, calling us today here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, hey, how you doing, Joshua? Thanks for having me. We're, yeah. we're doing the show now, right? We all, we... Yeah, yes, sir. We're in the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're there. Anyway, all right, let's rock and roll, bro. Uh, enjoy some of your podcasts. B- uh, big fan. Uh, excited. Uh, tell us a little bit about this strange realities conference coming to Nashville I just discovered, please. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, it's the Strange Realities Conference. It's being put on by uh, the guys from the Conspiranormal Podcast, uh-huh. who are based in Nashville. Right on. Um, yeah, Adam Sane and Sir Feel. I don't have, I don't have Sir Feel's uh, name right in front of me, but uh, where is it? Sir Feel Stevenson. All right. Uh, Adam Sane and Sir Feel Stevenson of the Conspiranormal Podcast. Yeah, they're putting on the show. It's going to be... October nineteenth in Nashville. Now you're in Nashville, right? Yes, sir. I'm I'm close, but yeah, I'm, I'm close enough. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for the folks in Nashville who, um, you know, who may be familiar, it's it's on Cherry Ave. It's at like a, a music place. Yeah, um, yeah. I saw that a studio. A studio. I'm familiar with Cherry Ave. There's a lot of musical places there, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's going to be October nineteenth. Uh, so really, like what a month a month from today. Uh, I don't know when the show's going to go up, but yeah, one month, and, and, and we're excited. And I saw the the list of people talking. I was like, oh man, this is a lot of the who's who of the uh, of the paranormal, the the people that know what they're talking about. And you know, being fresh to it, uh, me and my friends started this portion of my podcast just listening to stories. Uh, we're just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to see like uh, and and learn more as I go because I myself, the only experience I've ever had is I've seen some orbs. Uh, hovering a tree behind my backyard, and that was about it. Oh, really? Well, that's better than me. I haven't seen too much myself, so, you know, I don't think I've ever really had anything profoundly paranormal happen to me in my life, but that might be a good thing, you know? Who knows? But uh, you've uh, you've talked to hundreds upon hundreds of people about it, Uh, I mean, uh, from all walks of life, right? Absolutely, yeah. I've talked to everybody, uh, you know, from the big-time legends in the world of UFOs and Bigfoot and conspiracy and ghosts to uh, folks who are up-and-comers and folks who were up-and-comers, and now, you know, they're uh, going to be alongside me here at this event. Josh Cutchin, I, you know, I've known him since before. He was his listener <laughs> before he uh-huh. really uh, – now he's got, like, three outstanding books. He's working on another one with uh, another speaker at the event, Timothy Renner. Uh, yeah, they're going to be talking about Bigfoot and uh, strange stuff like that. And So, yeah, I've, I've talked to all kinds of folks over the years. It's been quite a journey. I think it's been like uh, 15, 16 years now I've been in this crazy field. That is awesome. And, and what exactly, uh, what what all will be discussed during this conference? Like, you got any inside scoops? Like, what what's the, what's like, what's going to be going on exactly? Is it just going to be lectures or is it like uh, people gathering or, or anything like that? Well, it's uh, there's going to be lectures throughout the course of the day on the 19th. And, uh, you know, what's really cool about this kind of thing, and I think uh, folks listening, uh, this may appeal to them because I always enjoy this part of these events when I go to them, is, 
you know, you're going to be able to see the presentations. They're going to run like an hour long or so uh, over the course of the day. And then there's downtime, you know, between the presentations and lunch breaks and stuff like that and the end of the night uh, where you can, like, we, we all hang out, essentially, you know. Cool. So if you ever wanted to, like, talk to a Bigfoot expert about Bigfoot or, uh, you know, all, a UFO researcher about UFOs or any of this stuff, you know, we're all really pretty well versed in all the different realms of the paranormal so it gives people a chance to talk about it with people who've been spending a long time researching it um that you know you know maybe not get the chance to do otherwise you know what i'm saying so it's like pretty cool uh i've had this experience at a lot of these events where people come up to me they want to share their story they want to share their theory and it's great to listen to these people and and these folks and uh you know, exchange ideas, and it gives them a chance to sort of... A lot of folks, you know, it happens where people have these experiences where they see a Bigfoot or they see a UFO, and they don't have anyone they can tell. Uh-huh. You know, they don't have anyone they can share this story with. They're afraid to tell their friends. They're afraid to tell their family. They're going to be laughed at. If you come out to the Strange Realities Conference, you're going to be among friends, man. You're going to be with yeah. fellow travelers. Um, it'll give you a chance to uh, learn about all these subjects and, like I said, share your own experiences if... Uh, if you have something you want to talk about. Yeah, one, and it's, it was interesting you brought that up because that was going to be the next, another thing I was going to comment on is that um, the handful of people that have talked to us about their uh, experiences, mainly Bigfoot, with the exception of uh, last week talking to a lady from MUFON about uh, extraterrestrials, a lot of your – most of your people are kind of – they don't want it discussed. It's either they're ashamed or admitted or they just it, – it traumatizes them. Like, and it's a good thing to know that it's kind of like going to be like a safe place for you guys to get together because – I've had people tell me stories, my mom included, and when I go to say, well, hey, let's you know, let's discuss it over the podcast. It's like, no, no, do not want to you know talk about that. Like, like they're afraid they're going to be made fun of or something. But there's got to be something to it. Millions of people, you know, talk about this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Josh Cutchins going to be talking about alien hybrid lore, and uh, Timothy Renner is going to be talking about Bigfoot in Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, let me see who else is on the bill here. Uh, Mark Anthony West. He's coming all the way from England, actually. He's uh, a yeah. he's yeah he's from England. He's a real wild tiger. This guy, Mark Anthony <laughs> West. He's he's just a he's a wild tiger. That's what I call him. He's going to be talking about case in point, the mischief of elves. That oh, wow. sounds. I, I'm going to be on the edge of my seat for that one. Um, and I don't, I don't want to sell anyone short. Let me see. <laughs> guy Malone will be talking about Roswell. Um. And let me see. Well, the other guy, I don't know. He didn't send in this thing. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, oh, Joe Demare is going to be doing a live ghost demonstration. So, yeah, yeah. And also Zach Hunt will be there. I don't think there's a list here for what he's going to be talking about. So, you know, a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of stuff talking about all kinds of wild stuff. Yeah. Now, your uh, your podcast I was listening to, uh, Banal of America, is that on hiatus or what's going on with that? Because on Apple it only went to like 20 20- – like to the very teetering of 2018. Yeah, well, we wrapped it up. Uh, yeah, we wrapped it up like in the in uh, April of 2017. Okay, I pretty much right kind of retired, but yeah. then I bring the show back in over the holidays. Um, yeah. And last year, I think we did like six shows, and this year we're probably going to double it. Um, and I haven't announced this yet, but uh, uh, we'll be doing a show on October 1st Heck yeah. to promote the Strange Realities Conference and with a lot of the folks who are going to be there that is uh, awesome. on the show. So, yeah, and then I, I'm hoping uh, we'll see how it goes like over the next couple of weeks. I'm hoping to book out 
you know, the month. I, I'd like to do like, you know, October, November, and December, and then maybe take the next nine months off again. But I yeah, we're you. not necessarily going anywhere uh, per se. It's just like uh, I decided to change off from the weekly format in a way. I got you. Now, are you still with Coast to Coast AM? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's it's funny because uh, I'm still I'm still broadcasting in a sense. I appear on Coast to Coast uh, on Friday nights at the start of the show to do a news rundown on their news editor. Uh-huh. Uh, so I write all the articles at the Coast to Coast AM website. We got a pretty awesome sort of uh, system set up, you know, where I I just churn out all these articles uh, all day, pretty much about all the the latest news happening in the world of the paranormal. I'm I've been swimming in the sea of paranormal news now for like five years, so it's been a crazy adventure. And, uh, yeah, for the last year or so, I, I come on the show on Friday nights and talk about, you know, the weirdest, the strangest stories from the past week. So, yes. Yeah, it's cool. It's a lot of fun. It's very different. That is. That is awesome. I bet you've literally, you've literally heard it all, I could imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it seems that way sometimes, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that's so cool, and like I said, um, I was looking up actually Comic-Con conventions, and this popped up, I believe, on Eventbrite, um, and, I, and I had to you know, I had to reach out. But are there any other uh, forums where people can find out more information about this, uh, this uh, realities con- Strange Realities Conference? Yeah, absolutely. They can go to strangerealitiesconference.com. Okay. Uh, pretty simple, yeah, and I assume uh, – I don't know how your setup works. I don't know if there will be a link there or not, but just strangerealitiesconference.com. Uh, okay. where they can get the tickets. It's cheaper to get them ahead of time. So, you know, if you're pretty sure you're going to go, get them now. Save like five or ten bucks or whatever it is, um, you know, because uh, why not? Then you can spend that on books or whatever, you know. That's it's right. Like, yeah. like I said, it's a, it's a great chance to meet people, um, you know, share your stories, get stuff like books or whatever, you know. Well, yeah. I personally don't have anything to sell, so. <laughs> so, but all these other guys got books and stuff and whatever, you know, paraphernalia and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, and uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a real it'll be a real happening. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I've never been to Nashville, so yeah. this will be my first time uh, visiting the city. And Adam Sane, who's running the event um, along with Sir Field Stevenson, they they're promising me a good time, and so I'm looking forward to uh, really getting a feel for uh, the Nashville scene. Absolutely. Well, we're glad to have you. Welcome. I hope you get to check out some cool sites. At least go to a honky tonk or two while you're here. I'll make sure uh, I'll make sure they take me to one. Yes, sir. All right. Hey, thank you for being generous with your time, and I will see you October 19th, my friend. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, all right, bye. And that wraps up another edition of the Josh Belcher Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Belcher. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to my little podcast. Sure is a lot of fun to make. Special shout out and thanks to this week's guests. Comedian Lana Turner. Kaz from the band Red Light King. The band Steel. Yettysburg Address. Guest Tim Banal. And once again, if you think you know anybody that might be a good guest on the show, have them hit me up at joshbelcher at hotmail.com. You keep listening to them, I'll keep making them. And remember, I love you for you and where you're at in life. Have a great week. Be safe, be careful, love one another, and I'll catch you down the line. See you later, alligator.